This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. April's almost over here, and then May starts getting a little bit warmer. I'm trying to see ahead to uh, the May 2-4 weekend. Well, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe campable. You know, it's, I want to say it's a coin toss, but it's not that good. The odds aren't that good. It's not a 50-50. I'd say it's like a 75% chance that it's going to be rainy and a 25% chance it'll be nice. Yeah. In my past experience, I've made two fours. If it's the Taz jinx, just like, oh, I, here we go. Just like I have successfully jinxed so far mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. by betting on them. Uh, if I go camping on May 2-4, guaranteed it's going to be cold and rainy. <laughs> More lightning. Yeah, yeah lightning. <laughs> but I, I had some great times, man, when I was young and you go camping with all your buddies on May 2-4 weekend. Even if it is raining, mm-hmm. you just throw on an extra sweater, make the fire a little bit bigger. Oh, builds character. And let her rip. Yeah. <laughs> the Grand Bend Motorplex used to have big May 2-4 parties that were always, I mean, the tents would just be destroyed by Sunday or Monday. Rain everywhere, puddles, mud, disgusting. I've been on a couple of those where you don't even bring the tent home with you. Oh, it's not worth it. It's a write-off. <laughs> you stuff it into the big uh, yeah. the campground oil drum garbage can at the end of the weekend. You know? Poles sticking out everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> it's so disheveled. You even uh, you had to like tie the uh, top of the tent. I remember one year we had to tie the top of the tent to a rope because someone forgot the poles, and we oh wow and yeah, yeah. we had to, to tie it to a tree uh, yeah. to keep. <laughs> and we had about a foot and a half of room to sleep under inside the tent because there was no poles, but <laughs> we still had an awesome weekend. <laughs> Yeah, you're only in there, you know, six hours a night. Right. Yeah, as long as you got some somewhere to close your eyes, you're mm-hmm. good. Same when I go on vacation. It, depending who I'm going with and how much time you're going to be spending in the hotel room, why are you uh, buying the nicest hotel room I you can know. find? I hate it. You're only, your eyes are only open there for two and a half hours yeah. you know, a lot of the times in the hotel room. Why are we spending $400 on a hotel room? Again, when my wife and I go to a hotel together, we might spend a little more time in there, so you may want something a little nicer. But I'll tell you, Jim, if you and I are sharing a hotel room, it is not going to be nice. No. <laughs> Hostile level. One king-size bed, though. Head to toe, we're good. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. Remember Crazy Town? <laughs> I do. Crazy Town, they had a, a big hit back in the day. Butterfly. This song was huge. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. Oh, yeah, man. So shirtless, so tattooed. <laughs> They're crazy town. Yeah, the whole town's crazy. Well, Crazy Town's still out uh, doing some touring. And an incident in South Carolina on Sunday night was caught on film. TMZ's posted it. A fight between a couple of the band members. The guy you're thinking of, the, the super tattooed guy with, like, the faux hawk. Sure, a couple face piercings. Yeah, his his name is Shifty Shellshock. Sure it is. Uh, so Shifty Shellshock didn't show up for the concert until it was almost over. And another one of the band members, Bobby Reeves, had to handle all the vocals. And when Shifty Shellshock 
finally showed up. It's almost like a tongue twister. Yeah. There. Shifty shell shock suddenly showed up. To the band shell. <laughs> to shing the shong. <laughs> Butterfly. Uh, Shifty shows up. <laughs> And Bobby's like, hey, everybody here's mad at you. Uh, the audience hasn't been happy that I've been singing. And uh, it was very heated between the two of them to the point where they started yelling insults at each other. Show ended and a full-on fight broke out between the two of them. We've got the audio here. So this is uh, edited because... The actual fight, uh, they were screaming some profanities at each other. Hmm. But this is uh, Shifty and Bobby fighting in the parking lot of the venue after the show. I don't have it. Okay, where's my cool record? Who has it? 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 Who I want my money. I love you. Stop sucker pushing. I never had your money, bro. So Bobby was screaming and yelling some pretty rude stuff at Shifty. I almost don't blame Shifty for punching him. Bobby was threatening uh, Shifty's kids, which is not a nice look. No, not not good. Um, but looks like Shifty got the best punch in because Bobby from Crazy Town now has a black eye. He was showing it off to cameras a couple days later. What's up, everybody? Bobby from Crazy Town, level, formerly of Edema. I'm in Houston right now. Me and Chifty got in a little scuffle, but it's all good. We're brothers, bam. There it is. No big deal. Love y'all. Love you, Shifty, too. All right, brother. It's all good. It's just what we do. I mean, I'd rather see those two guys fight than listen to any other songs they have being performed. Yeah. Imagine all the fights that would break out if you went to a crazy town show and they didn't do this song. <laughs> I Who sat through guys? all of that and you didn't do Butterfly? <laughs> what? Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I was watching a documentary on the creation of Auto-Tune. Uh, a couple days ago, and there was one music producer on there saying basically it was music's dirty little secret that auto tune existed before it turned into like the T pain, like the oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the noise. Blame um, it on the goose. I believe in life, I in love. <laughs> but be, they, for decades, uh, about a decade before that sound became popular. Auto-tune was used just to tweak singers in the studio. And this producer said it was rare that he wouldn't use auto-tune on a track. He said there was one guy that he had produced that didn't need it at all. And that guy was David Bowie, who would come into the studio and often just sing perfection on the first take. Hmm, cool. He really was a visionary as well. This audio clip is circulating. It's David Bowie from back in 1999 predicting what was going to happen with the new technology back in the 90s known as the Internet. Listen. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the Internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. 
the actual context and the state of content is going to be so different to anything that we can really envisage at the moment, where the interplay between the user and the provider will be so in simpatico, it's going to crush our ideas of what mediums are all about. It was bang on. Nailed it. I don't know. I saw deepfake David Bowie yesterday saying, computers are great. Don't worry about <laughs> it, guys. Well, I, I, I would... Uh... I would say maybe he could have leaned into the terrifying more than exhilarating a little bit. He was right about the exhilarating thing when it comes to music, because electronic music has really come a long way and it's kind well, of overtaken. The internet is what he's talking about specifically, so being able to share uh, ideas and interact with an audience and create content that then is is manipulated and changes, it's almost like an organic thing. So he was absolutely correct um, with that statement, everything does sound smarter when you say it with a British accent. Um, but he could have just said the internet's going to ruin everything, and he would have been right as well. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Twisted sister, he's not going to take it anymore. He couldn't resist. Had to post on social media about the worst movie he's ever seen. Eighty for Brady. <laughs> D. Snyder saying that it's god awful. Uh, to the stars of the film, including Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field. Ladies, return your Oscars and fall on your swords. Now start walking. Hashtag shame, 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 shame. Wow. Worst movie ever, according to D. Snyder. 80 for Brady. Really not a fan. I got a feeling he's not a fan of Tom Brady to begin with because he's real salty about this one. Yeah, you don't think he uh, cheers for the Bucks or the no, Patriots? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Let's go! Oh my God, that's Tom Brady! What was D. Snyder from Twisted Sister expecting when yeah. he sat down to watch 80 for Brady? I mean, the name alone sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a made-up movie. Mama Taz loved it. My yeah? mom went to see it in the theater, and she said it was so funny. <laughs> it was great. Huh. That Tom Brady seems like a good guy. Oh, so he does show up. He's in the film uh, towards the end. Huh. Okay. Rest of the time, it's 80-year-old women. Yeah. Um, we posted this story on our uh, Facebook page, and we asked you, is 80 for Brady the worst movie ever? If it's not, then what would you say is? We got some good responses here. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Awful, awful movie. Never saw it, but that's a, a big flop for Eddie Murphy, right? Well, yeah, he had a string of flops, and that was right smack in the middle. Uh, I always got this movie confused with, because it had so many bad requests, or sorry, so many bad reviews, that I thought it was Galaxy Quest that was the bad movie. But then Galaxy you said Galaxy Quest, Quest is awesome. You recommended that one with Sam Rockwell and Tim Allen, which looks like it could be a terrible movie as well, but is actually good. I don't think I'll give Pluto Nash a chance, so I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Another one here, uh, Cocaine Bear was the worst movie I've ever seen. Not good. Not great, but I wouldn't call it the worst. That's a movie that you watch and you go, I think I could make a movie. If that, <laughs> if that script, all those actors and that directing job made it all the way to the theaters, I think anybody can the do it. The concept enjoyable, the movie, I made it through it. Yeah. You know, there are movies I have not finished watching. So if I can make it through it, it's not the worst movie ever. Yeah. Uh, Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. I haven't seen that uh, one. I heard it's weird, though. Yeah, I heard it's the creepy 
Um, and the room is another one that's been mentioned twice here, which is a every time yeah. this conversation happens, this is like the one of the worst movies of all time. Apparently, the room. That's the Tommy Wiseau movie mm-hmm. that they made. Uh, uh, James Franco made a movie about the making of that movie. That's how bad this original one was. Right. Anytime you want to get in touch with us, you can call or text. Or remember, we're on social media, Taz and Jim on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim Kelly, I understand congratulations are in order. Why is that? Well, I I see a a fresh diploma sitting over there on the table next to you. (laughs) This certificate is hereby granted from the Ontario government to James P. Kelly... You have successfully completed Ontario's Hunter Education course and examination. Woo! 98% I got on this test. <laughs> and I'm not a great student. I don't know 98%. how I pulled it off. Mm-hmm. What was the process like? So you, you got your Hunter's license. Yes, I did. Um, so I just did an online course, basically. You sign up, and then you, uh, there's, I don't know, 20 different sections, like, you know, ethics. Did you have to study for it, or was no, it pretty it's, straightforward? It's the course itself. Like, you take the course online, and then at the end of each chapter, you do a little tiny test with 10 questions, and then at the final, fi- when you get through all the chapters, you do 50 questions, and you have to get 80% or something like that to pass, so... But uh, was it was it hard? Not really. I mean, you, it was it was great because I didn't have to read anything. You just press play at the top of the browser, and it reads it to you. Okay. So you can. It's kind of like a teacher is giving you a lecture. So I was kind of half paying attention while I was doing other stuff, <laughs> and I still managed to pass it. So uh, how long does it take you to get your hunter's license? Uh, it took me. I just did it like fifteen minutes at a time over four or five weeks. But it, you could probably do it in five hours in one day if you wanted okay. to do it probably less if you just got right right to it what are you allowed to hunt now everything uh-oh everything i Chaz. better start running <laughs> give me a head start <laughs> no i mean you can uh ducks whatever's in season uh, basically whatever's in season yeah deer elk moose tur- wild turkeys and all that stuff. What methods are you allowed to employ? Is this like a predator situation right now, where you can use anything you want, or do you have to use certain tools? <laughs> well, I don't have my gun license, which is the next step, so I can't okay. own a gun. So you've got to choke out a deer. I have to right now. <laughs> have you ever seen Macho Man off the top ropes of flying elbow? That's me on a turkey. You can fist fight a black bear yep. right now, but you cannot use a gun. I could use my bow. I have a compound bow I could use if if I uh, so choose, which I, I don't have any plans to hunt until the fall, which would be the wild turkey hunt with uh-huh. my, my brother-in-law. Some guys come down from Elliott Lake for that for a couple days. I'm, I'm not, I don't even want to shoot anything necessarily. I like target practice. I like eating deer meat, you know, but yeah, I don't, I'm not venison, really. summer sausage, yeah, so good. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have this desire to go out and shoot anything necessarily, but I do want to go hang out with the boys and drink whiskey, which is mostly why I got oh, okay. it. Because I've, I've been feeling FOMO this whole time. My brother-in-law, avid hunter, a few of my friends from yeah. the Mitchell area love it too, so I just want to get in there and have some fun at the cabin. You wanted to feel like a man, like True. you're part of the, part of the group. Hey man, when the apocalypse hits, don't you come asking me for rabbit meat. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Ontario needs more cops, and they're uh, changing some rules here when it comes to post-secondary education if you're looking to become a police officer. 
the announcement was made by Premier Doug Ford. Says there's a growing wave of crime in the province. As a result, there's an immediate need to bring in reinforcements. Dougie says people don't feel safe. Some are scared to take a subway or go for a walk once it gets dark, and that's wrong. We need more police officers on our street. So what they're doing is removing tuition fees from the basic constable training program at the Ontario Police College. So you won't have to pay your tuition if you want to become a police constable. Solid incentive. Big time. Uh, The cost of that program was $15,450. So that's a big chunk of cash that you're saving if that's the line of work you want to get into. Mm -hmm. They're also uh, saying that... uh, they are going to um, add an additional 70 spaces per cohort in the program. They're going to increase the number of students that can take the, the program. And new recruits will also no longer need to graduate from a post-secondary education institution in order to become a police officer. So you won't have to go to college or university separately. You can go directly from high school into the police college. Hmm. The headline sounds not good, but as long as they're still getting training and they still have a standard of knowledge and a physical training standard that's reasonable, I'm okay with it. Something does need to be done because it doesn't matter what city you go to in Ontario, you're hearing the same story. It's like, how did things got bad? How did they get this bad? Oh, yeah. Randomly, people are just posting pictures of their face saying, yup, was assaulted on the TTC today. Right. Some of them are former journalists, so like those ones get a lot of traction because people from the you know Toronto Star will repost them. But I've seen several people who used to be journalists or in broadcasting alone being attacked on uh, public transit. Yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday. Uh, over the weekend, there was a, a double shooting in London, Ontario, downtown after the bars closed around 2.45 in the morning. And a friend of mine who's a musician, uh, his drummer was at the Wendy's drive through getting a hamburger, Mm -hmm. thought a drum fell over in the back of his van. But no, it was gunshots going off, and then he looks behind him, there's two people lying in pools of blood. Whoa! You know, like, that's... That's uh, that makes you not want to leave the house at night. One hundred percent. I would. St- I still would like some quality over quantity when it comes to police officers. I mean, a dangerous, untrained police officer could be da- uh, dangerous as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're not extent. changing the program. Then I'm cool with it. Because I thought at one point they're gonna be like, let's give the crazy people on the streets a gun and badge. Okay. It's like the Wild West, yeah. right? <laughs> they could deputize themselves. Let's what? give Billy the Kid and his buddies badges. Yeah. We'll call them the young guns. Look at on the straight and narrow. Regulators! <laughs> Mount up! <laughs> uh, I would gladly pay more money. Like, obviously, there's mental health issues, there's also problems with our jails. Like, is there not enough money to keep people in jail? What's going on? Why, when you commit a crime, are you let back out on the street immediately? I think they're worried in their minds a lot of the situation is, first of all, budget. They always say budget, but also it's like a harm reduction thing. They think that if they put somebody in jail for an extended period of time, it's going to limit their options in the future. But if you make a mistake and you're a criminal, you need to be held responsible, and you also need to be off the streets for a certain amount of time to either sober up or learn your lesson. Because if you just leave, if the person is released two hours later after throwing a brick through a downtown business window, 
they're not they're going to do the same thing two days from now and the public is the one who ends up being punished instead of the person who's committing the crime yes right because now we're living in a, a city or a town or you know whatever where you're you're worried about uh getting assaulted yeah just walking down the street at night i do like the elephant in the room when the town councils talk about how are we going to get more people downtown how about bike lanes and you're like it's not <laughs> bike lanes that's preventing people from getting to downtown yeah i can't cycle fast enough yeah. to be downtown in a bike lane <laughs> and looking over my shoulder I, I would gladly pay more money if that's what it took but you know that that money would not go to the cause that I w- would want it to go to. I'm sure they have enough money. Someone would get it, you know, get their hands on it. If everyone, let's say, but if 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 it would solve the problem, I would gladly give 1% of my income to help with mental health initiatives and to clean up the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. But guaranteed that 1% would not go where it's supposed to go because the government. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the answer is, but at least this is a step in hopefully the right direction. Acknowledging there's a problem is a big step. Totally. And Doug Ford did that yesterday. Also, great news. I mean, if you're a high school student and your plan was to become a police officer anyway. Straight up, just save 15 grand. You just saved over $15,000. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Who's on the line here? Hey, it's Terry. Hey, uh, I was listening to your segment about all the problems with downtown London being afraid to come outside. Yeah. You might, uh, you might want to take into consideration that Toronto City Police have been taking people that they consider uh, problems and bringing them into the smaller communities. Like my wife cleans banks up in Huron County uh, as far as Mitchell, where Jim's from. And, uh, yeah, talk to some of these people. The OPP are bringing them up here, giving them $100 cash and saying, this is your new home. I've heard that. So I don't say, know if it's a rumor or not, but I, I, I have heard that. It's, it's a terrible situation, and it's clearly gotten worse. So whatever we're doing is not working. Try something new. That's right. Thanks, Terry. I've heard that in every city I visit, though. In Hamilton, they'll say, oh, they're putting people on buses and shipping them to Hamilton. That's why there's an issue downtown Hamilton. Cities have been busted doing it 100%. I don't know recently if it has happened, but it's been brought up in multiple city council meetings about uh, solid sources saying that it's happening from Toronto to other smaller municipalities. I don't understand. You used to see, like, large mental health facilities, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like they've been sold off, shut down. Turned into Hollywood sets. Why? Why why are there not more facilities open? But are you saving money in the long run if you Mm -hmm. look at the problem that it's created with people uh, now on the streets trying to deal with things on their own? The result's inevitable. What did they think was going to happen? Yeah. We're talking about how Ontario is eliminating tuition fees from post-secondary education requirements for new police officers. They need more cops in Ontario. So now if you want to go to the Ontario Police College, your uh, basic constable training program tuition is waived. Thanks to Doug Ford, $15,450 was the tuition, but you won't have to pay that now if you are accepted and you want to be a police officer which is uh, something. It's, it's a possible start to a solution. We need police officers. 
Nobody wants to be one right now. We sure do. Yeah, I know some. They've told me stories, and I'm not jealous Mm -hmm. of what they have to deal with on a daily basis. Uh, We did get a text message here. Uh, Mike says, hey, Taz and Jim, isn't this the premise of Police Academy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that I what it think, is? I've never was, seen it. I think that was the plot. Oh, they, man. They had to start recruiting regular people to be police officers because there was so much crime downtown. Yeah, yeah. And you do get free tuition, but you have to be able to make funny noises with your mouth. <laughs> zip, zip. <laughs> Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? It's sports time with Devin Peacock. Toronto Blue Jays, good game last night. Great game. They won uh, seven to nothing. They've now won three in a row. Uh, they're uh, climbing up the standings in the AL East. The AL East is just really strong this year. You've got Tampa in first, Baltimore second, Toronto third, New York and Boston are in fourth and fifth, but Ooh. you don't regularly see. And it was a great game last night for the Toronto Blue Jays. One moment in particular stuck out to you, though, Dev. Yeah, Kevin Kiermeyer, who is quickly becoming a fan favorite, used to be the villain everyone hated on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now he's uh, with the Jays, and the fans love him. So there's one moment he had a, a triple in last night's game. He dove into third base, got his uh, gloves all dirty. When he scored on a George Springer single, he got back to the dugout, looked at his gloves. They're dirty. You can't really use them anymore. And so he went over to the edge of the dugout, pointed to a young fan, and tossed him his gloves. The fan wasn't expecting this. He wasn't asking for the gloves. His mind was blown. They showed it on the entire <laughs> broadcast. Like, he was freaking out. He kept cutting he, back to the kid with the gloves on. Yeah, he was. He kissed the gloves at one point. <laughs> he was wearing the gloves. He was cheering for Kiermaier. Like, he was going all out. And then... And, like, Kiermaier looked over at one point and, like, kind of raised his fist and, like, cheers on the kid who's, like, freaking out over this moment. It's one of those things where, like, just a little innocent thing by Kevin Kiermaier can go a long way. He's got a fan for life. And he just threw his batting gloves to a young fan in the third row of seats. <laughs> <laughs> look at the look. What, what a look, huh? Sometimes what happens is you dive with batting gloves on. They get all mucky. You're not going to use them. Give them to a kid. Nice play, Kevin. Beautiful. It's not surprising, though, that Jays fans have embraced Kiermaier, even though they didn't like him when he was on another team. I was talking to some Leaf fans yesterday, and the Boston Bruins came up, and they were saying, oh, Brad Marchand, I hope he gets his his butt handed to him. I said, guys, what if he got traded to the Leafs? They all said, oh, I'd love him then. (laughs) Right? That's kind of how sports works. (laughs) You got to have those love to hate guys, but also when they're on your team, you love to love them. Absolutely. Look at what Kevin Kiermaier does. He's jumping over fences. He's diving into bases. He's getting dirty. He's doing everything that you love as a fan. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. What is this nonsense? You sent me an article about... uh, Smearing cow poo all over your car? Why would I want to do that? Well, it's a holistic approach to keeping your car cool in the summer. Because, you know, every every once in a while you see a car with 
a reflective shade that they'll put over the front windshield when they park the car to try yeah. to keep the inside less steaming when you step back in in the summer. You go to the beach, you see a lot of those things. People yeah. will put them in the in the front windshield to. Sometimes they have fun sunglasses. Keep the car them. cool. Yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe some Looney Tunes characters. For me, I would never take the time to do that. It's just not something I would do. I'd rather start the car, put the windows down, and get moving. But there is a move here, and it's yeah. Spread cow dung all over your car. It's a man in India who invented it. And he says, This is amazing. Not only is it good for the earth, it actually really works. You don't cover the windows, of course. Those are still, you got to see out of those. That's a very important part of this process. But every other metal part of your car, every part that has paint on it, you cover that with the poo and it absorbs the sun. Um, it reflects it, and, you know, when you sit in your car, it's no longer steaming hot. How thick of a layer of cow dung do you have to put mm. on the car? Are we talking about just a thin, like, couple centimeters, or are we going, like, a full inch of cow poo on the car? No, I think I think you just need to cover the paint and the metal. and uh, Just yeah, enough. Yeah, as long as that metal is not exposed, the heat will not uh, be absorbed by it. Huh. Worth it, Taz? <laughs> uh, I, I can't imagine what it would be like if you're a single guy and you went to pick up a date in a car covered in cow poo. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a tough sell for your uh, prospective wife. Yeah, but imagine how cool she'll feel, literally, when she sits in there. Ooh. But this is India, so the marriages may already be arranged. Don't have a choice. <laughs> this guy rolls up after your parents agree to the other parents. Yeah. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> I do know my wife is from Ukraine, and she told me a story once about her grandfather. In the wintertime, they didn't have shoes. So to walk to school, her grandfather would put cow patties on his feet to walk through the snow in the wintertime. And it would stay? Well, it would be warm, right? What? So this wouldn't be, he wouldn't go to a field and find a, you know, a frozen one. He would find a fresh one. That was my understanding. My wife told, unless she was messing with me, she said her grandfather would have to put cow patties on his feet to walk in the snow in the wintertime because they didn't have any shoes. But my grandpa told me they had to walk uphill both ways. Grandpas say a lot of things <laughs> to make their life sound harder and that you're just a punk kid who doesn't get it. Yeah. Back in my day, we didn't have shoes. We had to wear cow patties on our feet. <laughs> oh, grandpa. <laughs> uh, why don't you try it this summer? <laughs> Insulate okay. your car in, in cow poo and let uh-huh. me know if it works firsthand. I guarantee you won't have any dings in the side of your car if people <laughs> parking too close. Yeah. Nobody's parking next to you in the yeah. parking lot if you do that. And your car is apparently going to stay very cool. You're listening to Taz and Jim. FM 96. Are you looking for a... Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He joins us. To talk about heartthrob Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Bit of a man crush you got going, Dev, it sounds like. He's, uh, I mean, you, you can't look at what he's doing right now, not even forget like on, on movies and stuff, what he's doing in business and not just be hugely impressed. Like everything he touches is just turning to gold right now. For example, Wrexham, the football team he bought over in the UK, in Wales, it... Uh, 
it's being promoted. The team is being promoted. They won their uh, their championship, and they are moving up to a better league, which is huge in terms of money. It's huge for the community. And over there, he's like a god, him and Rob McElhenney. They are, they, you put it the best way, they're like gods. I mean, they, these guys could do no wrong in Wrexham. There will be bronze statues. And that song <laughs> that they play during the show the whole time, it's like, Along came the Deadpool and Rob McElhenney will be the town's anthem for 100 years. It's amazing. When you, like, so they got promoted, as you said, the, 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 the video of this over the weekend, like it was just like mayhem. It was mm-hmm. mayhem. It was loud. Paul Rudd was there. Yeah, Paul Rudd was partying with the locals, crushing pints. It was it was kind of cool, <laughs> but I mean, it, there's a there's a real financial benefit to them getting out of the league they've been in for the last 15 years. They get five times the uh, TV revenue than they were receiving. Uh, they will now get to participate in uh, the different cups that you have in English uh, football. They also have just increased exposure, so they can charge more for any of their sponsorships on their uh, kits, which yeah. is their uniforms. But also, the type of player they can now acquire changes. So when you're in the non-leagues, you must rely exclusively on English players, w- players from Wales. You can't get someone from like Sweden or Canada or anywhere else. Now that they're in the uh, League Two, which is the fourth division, they have a wider array of players that they can sign. And they've made this a worldwide brand, the, the, the Wrexham brand. They're doing a game in the United States against Chelsea down in, I believe it's South Carolina. No, North Carolina. They're doing a a game in the U.S., which will probably sell out. And it brings us to the Ottawa Senators and how crazy they would be if they didn't want Ryan Reynolds involved in their hockey team. The NHL, and they've already been very open about the fact they want Ryan Reynolds to be the, part of the next ownership group. The NHL would be insane if, even if for some reason there's an ownership group that wins this and doesn't want Ryan Reynolds, that ownership group should have their arm twisted to have Ryan Reynolds as a part of their entire group because, again, for what we've talked about, like everything he does just turns to gold the the twitter impressions that he gets are at the rival of like premier league teams and this is wrexham in wales where they've got ten thousand people in the stands it's just incredible let's stick with soccer this story kind of makes me chuckle yeah so i am a fan of uh, newcastle Uh, newcastle on sunday played tottenham and within the first 21 minutes newcastle was up uh five nothing five nil on tottenham they won six to one newcastle's in northeast london tottenham plays in london so we had all these fans who traveled from london to northeast england uh, to uh, to go to the game, who were so frustrated that they were leaving within minutes of the game starting. Tottenham is so embarrassed by the result, they are now refunding their own fans the tickets they purchased to go see the game. Wow. <laughs> More of that in sport, please. <laughs> Top precedent to set, though. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? You bought Super Bowl tickets, your team doesn't win? Well, here's your five grand back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dev. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Can I make a recommendation to everybody? Sure. If you have the opportunity to um, have two Ukrainian men move into your basement, embrace it. (laughs) Specifically Ukrainian or any refugees? I can only speak from my experience, Jim. You know... (laughs) 
My wife uh, has her two second cousins that came to Canada, and they're currently living in our basement. And these guys are the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. I came home from work yesterday. I told you about all the work they did around my house day one. Mm-hmm. They are waiting to start their jobs, and they do not like sitting still. So I get home from work yesterday. They're like, what can we do? They didn't say that. They said something in Ukrainian into Google Translate. Sure, and then sure. I read, what can we do? So we cleaned the garage. <laughs> they built like a new uh, uh coat hook system for the garage so we can hang golf clubs and uh, all sorts of stuff on the wall now. Okay. Um, they, We had some trees that were snow damaged because of uh, the heavy snow that we got this winter, some cedars out front. They kept saying, uh, saw. They were doing like the hand signal, like saw, cut tree down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, guys, I, I don't have a saw. And they said, Okay, we'll just dig them out. So they dug out four trees. So they in got my the front root. yard. <laughs> yeah. That costs extra. No, <laughs> they're inspiring me. I'm doing chores, different stuff that I've been putting off for a while, and it's it's quite remarkable the stuff you can get done. Huh. Uh, well, the rest of the family's at school and work. <laughs> All this stuff dad should have done months yeah. ago. Well, they repaired. I had a hole in the drywall in the bathroom in the basement that's been there for two years. And I'm not a drywall guy. And, and they came in and they repaired the drywall. Done and done. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> they said to my wife, Uliana, they said, uh, this is the translation. How can your husband sit on the couch and watch TV knowing there's so much work to be done? <laughs> She said, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> I'm like, I can teach you if you want, guys. <laughs> oh, boy, wait till I show you guys Netflix. You're going to lose it. It's the great Canadian art of procrastination. <laughs> How can your Perfected. husband sit on the couch and watch TV when there's so much work to be done?